Stephen Gedney is from Woodland, California, broadcasting live from a pre-recorded session via Carmichael, California. Uncle Steve is a bigger weirdo. Are we on the Stephen Gedney podcast? We are on the podcast. Same bad time, same bad time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because... Arrive by Turkey. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. If you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're talking about. I'm feeling you all... Steven will definitely not work. <laughs> this is your number 97 source for movies, music, comic books, geek culture, life lessons, philosophy, Stories of rock and roll, drugs, alcohol, and everything in between. Come one and come all. Enter the SGP. You're listening to the Stephen Gedney Podcast. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Ain't nobody got time for that.
Ladies and gentlemen, it is the return of the Stephen Getney Podcast. And I am your host, the one, the only, the man with the plan, Stephen Getney. And you are listening to episode 41, February the 15th of 2016. Thank you for joining me. It's been a long road, but I am coming at you live from a pre-recorded session here in California, (laughs) Carmichael, California, to be exact. But yeah, man, it's been quite a, uh, (laughs) quite a a strange couple weeks, few weeks, actually. I didn't do a podcast last week, you know, normally I try to do this thing every week, but I was really sick. And then the week before, it was just a quick little half-hour iPhone podcast just to get something out there. But now we're here, and this is coming at you from my computer, brand new computer. The old one is still dead. And let's just, I don't know, bring you up to speed on what happened. So my computer, which I got for Christmas in 2012, still dead. No matter what I do, I just cannot save it. I've tried every sort of reset and restore and reboot, and it's just not working, man. So I think this computer's pretty much, it's bit in the dust, I must say, and and it's quite a bummer. I mean, we got a new computer, obviously, because I'm recording right now. I'm recording my podcast. But still, I mean... Went through a lot of shit, got through a lot of stuff with that computer. Music, podcast, and there are a lot of precious files that I need to get off of there. So I know that you can go to a local electronics store like Fry's Electronics here in California. They did not pay for that ad. And you can buy what's called a hard drive enclosure. And what you do is you pull your hard drive out of your laptop and you put it in this little plastic shell thing plug it into your computer or plug it into the wall and voila it's like an external hard drive so that i think i i need to do eventually but everything takes time costs money and also i have another computer from that i bought in 2005 that i i never got rid of and i need to do the same thing that is hoping though that the hard drives are not corrupted because if they are then it's just a waste of money and that's why I'm kind of afraid to do so but I don't know the thing the weird thing about these new computers is they make it more and more uh impossible to fix yourself then there's no longer CD drives built into computers so what are you supposed to do how are you supposed to reboot your computer and reinstall windows or whatever <laughs> i think one day my next computer is going to be a Mac because Apple makes very fine products. As I've said, with my iPhone 6S, been having lots of fun with that. And so, either way, just moving on. I got the podcast going, and we're episode 41. Shit, it's almost been a year since I started doing this. A year since it started another pain in my wife's ass. But uh, still, that's it, man. It's... It's been a long and fun road, for sure. And I can't wait to episode 50. Once I get to 50, it's going to change a little bit. I mean, I've said it. You've heard it on a lot of the episodes previously that I want to do something different. And 
you know, the first 50 episodes. It's just a, it's a trial run. It's for me to develop my style, my voice, develop this sexy voice that I have right here. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, start doing some interviews and maybe not doing it weekly, maybe every two weeks, just because it's, it's hard to balance. You know, sometimes I get to the, the, end of the week and I don't have that much to talk about and I just got to try to fill it as much as possible. I mean, this podcast, it's not about specific subjects. For example, I listened to a filmmaking podcast called Indie Film Hustle. In fact, I just started listening to it because I'm trying to get back into making movies and I'll talk about that in a bit. Or the Post Hardcore Nation podcast which I was a guest on, which I listened to weekly, my two friends up in Calgary, Alberta, and they have uh, a special sort of a niche podcast where they talk about a specific genre of music and, and the bands and artists that are related to that, and they review albums and talk about news in that specific subject. This podcast is a little bit more of a free for all where I kind of talk about myself mostly and shit that I'm into, but I'll throw in some news and other sorts of world events. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, it's like, you know, I have so much I could talk about, but then it's it's hard to try to decide what it's going to be. So, yeah, that's why why I'm talking about that, and that's why I'm thinking, let's change it up, change it up after the first 50 episodes, so. Maybe it'll be called The Occasional Podcast by Steve Gedney. I don't know. Some of it thrown around in my head. So, last time you heard from me, I did my little iPhone half cast. And that was good, but for some reason, my voice was very kind of distorted. I don't know. I feel like the, the speaker on the iPhone 5 was better than this new one. But it's definitely louder. I could tell you that. Like, when I listen to music and podcasts on that little speaker it's it's a little bit louder than the iphone 5 and it's good shit good shit but uh yeah i can't really remember much from that week up until last saturday not last saturday but the saturday of right before last week when i was sick so i went and hung out with my buddy jp you know, I've talked about this documentary thing that I've been working on for a while. And so far, I'm in stage one, just collecting uh, lots and lots of videos that I got from JK. Not to be confused with JP, JK. Justin Keith, Justin Pertzer, double Justin Combustion. And uh, so JK was the first guy I knew that had a video camera, and he used to use it all the time. We'd make a little short films and uh, band practices, record our, our gigs at the local junior high and high school. So he had a plethora of uh, these tapes from his very first camera and a few VHS tapes as well. So I finally cycled through pretty much all of them. I captured maybe 80 to 85% of all the footage, put it on discs, then copied the discs onto my external hard drive, and then also JP got a copy of those files, and then JK got the original discs. So, because JK, I mean, I know he just got a computer, but, you know, he's a DVD guy, and it's easier for him to just throw a disc in if he wants to watch one of the old performances or whatever. 
so that is uh, uh, stage 1.1 is done. So stage one in this whole process is just capturing the footage. And then stage two will be assembling it. And then stage three will be recording interviews. And I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about all that shit yet. It's all about just finding everything because this is going to be fucking long. This is going to be like the history of the Eagles. But it'll be the history of some woodland bands instead. Regardless, what I'm getting to is I went to JP's house on that Saturday, which was a week ago from this last Saturday, so about nine days ago, and brought all the footage, and we sat there and we had a little show <laughs> in his garage. Um, he has a big TV hooked up to his computer and copied all the files over, and we just we watched a lot of the stuff that I basically already watched by myself, just making these discs. And then later, our buddy Eric showed up. And Eric, I know from working at Target back in like 04 and 05. I met Eric there, and through him, I met his brother Drew, who eventually became our drummer. So I've been friends with Eric a long time. Good to see him. And it's crazy because both those guys, I guess I'm allowed to say it now because it's been officially put out there, but both those guys are expecting kids, their first kids each. So pretty pretty interesting pretty cool and uh well it's 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 cool it's it's life man when you grow up and you're gonna have kids and all that but it's it's weird (laughs) too just because we're all getting older man and that's that's definitely uh the sign that you're i mean if you're not a man now when you have a kid you definitely become a man because all of a sudden you're responsible for the life of somebody else and some of my friends that i've had uh, like Ryan, Ryan who played bass in, in our band, and um, uh, Drew, who was our drummer. I mean, they've had kids, and they've had kids years ago, but JP and Eric are both guys that, uh, especially JP, that I spent a lot of time with and that are very similar to my personality and the things that I'm into. And, yeah, now they're both both going to have kids, so... I know that uh, for me, it's going to happen sooner <laughs> sooner or later. Uh, not, I mean, more sooner than later, but not immediately. That's what happens when you get married, man, and you got to have a kid. I just hopefully, when that happens, man, I just hope that I don't fuck it up. <laughs> I'll try my best, but, you know, I haven't. You know, with girls and stuff, they prepare for that, that shit all their lives. Um and they know they have that motherly instinct and and guys we're kind of off doing our own thing and thinking about our our projects or our careers whatever and yeah i mean it's exciting to me it's not like my number one uh, uh goal to make my life fulfilled but um yeah i mean i think i could i think i could be a good dad i mean my dad Although, growing up, there was a lot of stuff that, uh, well, he wasn't around for, really. I mean, there he was doing some shit on the side <laughs> that uh, was definitely not the best in, in health or, or uh, social choices. But I can't say that I was around my dad a lot when he was fucked up, so that's good. He never beat me or hit me. 
And that's, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other people out there that have stories like that. And uh, I can't say that. I could just say that when my dad wasn't around, he was doing some other shit. Luckily, I wasn't around that other shit. But right around the time I was in my mid-20s, after not talking to him for five years, we just kind of, you know, what do you, what do you say, buried the hatchet? And I actually, you know, I guess I've always loved my dad, but uh, I've understood his his position and his personality a lot more. And definitely respected him for for turning his life around. I mean, he's always been a smart dude and and had his own businesses and um, been able to make you know his his way through life. But right around the time when I started talking to him again, he really stepped it up. He got different jobs. He started making money. As far as I know, he's been pretty clean and sober. And I think at this point, you know, in his 50s, he's kind of, you know, he's tired of all the the bullshit and he just wants to live a, a nice and happy, simple life. And that's awesome for me, man. Like, it's, it's I can't even tell you. So I, I have a really good dad and I'm very happy to have him <laughs> in my life and, um, I think from some of the mistakes that he made and some of the things that he did that were good, that gives me a lot of knowledge for me to move forward, you know, eventually when I have a kid. So anyways, enough of this mushy shit. <laughs> I, uh, over at JP's, we, we watched a lot of those old videos and we were laughing. I was crying and I really, really needed to laugh, needed to laugh hard. Uh, I hadn't laughed like that in a while and it's just, you know, I saw all this stuff already by myself, but seeing it with people and seeing myself and the reaction of them <laughs> watching me or, or or themselves like JP in some of the videos. And then JK showed up a little bit later and just, I'm just laughing, like crying, face red. My eyes were, I, my tear ducts were dry by the time <laughs> I <laughs> we finished uh, the day. I mean, we watched videos from like, 10 in the morning till almost like five o'clock at night like seven hours of just watching this shit and very good to see and uh it's definitely going to be a great starting point for uh this documentary so i finally returned the tapes to jk and then he brought me a whole another set of, of stuff and uh it's his second video camera his sony camera which he used to film some of our later stuff in like 2003 and and beyond and uh I don't know I haven't really gone through the tapes yet. He didn't give me every single tape. I I don't think I don't know, maybe there's a lot of stuff that he, he doesn't really want me to see or or uh maybe stuff that just isn't relevant to what I'm doing. But I got some tapes of uh some band practices and some shows apparently there was a same time show that he recorded that i never even knew about so that's good because virtually every show that we played say we played like 20 shows probably 17 to 18 of them are on film so maybe maybe i'm overestimating that number a little bit um but Got that. Some of the classic Black Shows, the band that uh, they started after I left, and 
So can't wait to dig through that. And then once I finish all of JK's tapes, finally I could start going through all my stuff. And I have shit, like 20 tapes maybe, 15 to 20 right in front of me. So, but luckily I don't, I don't really feel like I have a, um, a time limit on that because I don't, I mean, JK doesn't need this stuff back right away, but whenever you're holding on to somebody else's stuff, you know, you want to be sensitive to not just keeping it forever. And I always hated when I let somebody borrow a movie and I wouldn't get it back for like a year. So, uh, I'm a little bit different about that now because, well, movies are different, <laughs> I mean, if it was something, one of those movies or music documentaries that I, I value like crazy, then I would I'd definitely be on it. But if it's just a movie movie that I'm not going to watch anyways, I, I'm not really, I'm not that crazy. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm going to try to get through that stuff. And then, yeah, then we'll, we'll have lots and lots of footage to go through it. I'm probably at some point going to have to buy another hard drive. So also when I was over there and, um, shit, I don't know. I probably, maybe I talked about it on the iPhone podcast. I don't even remember, man, because that was two weeks ago, but I finally got my Moondog Labs anamorphic lens for the iPhone in the mail. Yeah. I talked about ordering it. I don't know if I actually got it back, but, um, yeah, I got it. I've been trying it out, been using it. Uh, the Filmic Pro app. So basically, both the lens and this app are were used on the Sundance award-winning feature film Tangerine, directed by Sean Baker, which I still haven't seen, but I know so much about because it just opened my eyes and world on what's possible for filmmaking, amateur, independent filmmaking. So this is the same lens in the same app that they used for that movie. And just, yeah, I've been playing around with it a lot, figuring out, I mean, the lens is, is simple. It's just fucking clip it on and that's it. It's more of the app, trying to figure out exactly what settings I want to use for the films I'm going to make and what's the best way of going about it. So I figured out some of the, uh, the auto focus and the auto white balance and manual controls you could program your zoom you can speed up or slow down your zoom fucking it's crazy man it's it's crazy how much you could do with this app and with this lens and i think finally just the other day i I figured out all the right settings you just can't do anything automatically you have to dial it in just little piece by piece until it looks exactly the way you want it to and then (laughs) When I actually make a film, I got to figure out sound recording, um, what kind of uh, software I'm going to use for editing. I have a copy of Vegas, but it's it's old, so I don't even know if it does 1080p. Now, 1080p is kind of the standard right now for TVs, smart TVs, and, and Blu-rays, a lot of your stuff that you watch on YouTube. But just recently, they moved up to 2K, which is twice the amount of definition of 1080p. And then now it's there's 4K. There's 4K TVs out there. And this app actually records in 4K. So 
The only thing is I've heard things on some of the podcasts, like the filmmaking podcasts that I listen to, where you don't really necessarily want to edit in 4K because it's really, really slow because of how big the files are and the data. I don't know. It's all going to be a learning process. There's a couple festivals coming up here in Sacramento that I'm interested in trying to do something with, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if I have the time. One of which is the uh, Love Horror Short Film Festival, which is uh, takes place, I don't know, June or July, something like that. And every film is under five minutes. It's five minutes or less. So they have a lot of films that they play that are local filmmakers have made. And they show it up on this big screen at the Colonial Theater down in South Sacramento. Then the top three get a, get played at the actual Sacramento Film Festival, a horror film festival, Sacramento Horror Festival, in uh, October. And a few years back, uh, right around 2012, we made a film, all of us, JP, JK, a couple other people, called The Weir Wolf because they had a competition for short films and had to be under a certain length. And in this that particular year, the subject for the film had to be werewolf, so we made a werewolf movie. And it turned out kind of goofy, and I think just because we didn't really have a lot of time and because we felt limited by the time constraints, it... It didn't come out exactly like I don't think any of us really wanted it to come out. And then JK ended up going to the film festival, seeing it on the big screen. And it turned out that uh, we didn't even necessarily have to follow the rules. I didn't know that you don't have to, you know, do the, the subject that they want. You don't have to stick to the time constraints. You could make whatever sort of scary horror movie that you want. And so, yeah, it was it kind of sucked, but whatever man you live and you learn and which brings me to the second film festival this year was the one i just talked about the sack horror fest and i want to try to do a a film for that but that's going to take a lot more planning and i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i got time i don't know if i have actors i don't know if i have a story all i know is that i got an awesome 4k (laughs) film camera thing that i could do stuff with Speaking of which, I just ordered what's called a uh, smartphone stabilizer, which I really, really need because the thing about the iPhone and filming on phones in general is they're so light that they pick up the slightest vibration. And because they're a digital camera, the, the vibration in the picture actually distorts the image a little bit. And it just doesn't look very professional. It doesn't look nice. So the stabilizer, what it does is you hook it up to it, you hold it onto, you hold a handle, and you walk around holding this handle, and it actually makes your picture a little bit more smoother. You can glide around a little bit like a bird. Shit, my mouth is getting dry. And uh, yeah, that's one of the other things that they used on that Tangerine movie. And my fucking shit i'm talking about all this movie stuff and anyways going back to that saturday after i left jp's i that morning when i woke up i already had a slight headache but 
After I came back home, I started to feel just a little bit more sick. And that Saturday night, oh, I, I felt so bad. I was just, I had a headache. And it was one of those headaches that would travel. Like it would start in the back of my head, and then it'd be in the middle of my head, and then it'd be on like the left frontal lobe. I don't know. <laughs> it, like it just, oh, it was bad. And then I, I must have had a fever. Because I kept, I would get really, really hot and sweaty, and then I'd get really, really cold, and then hot and sweaty, and then really, really cold, and it just happened. Like, I'd wake up at 2 in the morning, and then every hour or so, I'd wake up again. Like, I couldn't really sleep that much. And I had a really dry throat. I didn't I didn't have a lot of congestion or, like, you know, stu- uh, runny nose or anything. I just kind of had this dry cough that would happen every once in a while. Slight sore throat. And then Sunday night, the night before returning to work, it was a repeat from Saturday night. And I just, at the same time, I just felt the same way but worse. And I told Elisa I was going to try to make it to work. But, you know, Monday morning, 3 a.m., I was like, I'm just not going to make it. I don't. You know, <laughs> I was taking ibuprofen. I was taking uh, Delsum <laughs> cough suppressant. They got over to the counter, like Walgreens or Rite Aid or some shit. And uh, yeah, it is. I, I I had to miss work on Monday, and I normally don't like to do that because Mondays are the busiest day. And I only work with one other guy, and I would hate to work Monday by myself as well. But when you feel like that. <laughs> It, you just can't can't function like I got I would go up you know fucking take a piss or something and I would feel dizzy and I was like oh I'm not gonna be able to drive to work if I feel dizzy like this you know that's not safe that's not good for anybody so my, luckily though I was really only sick for about three days and then now we're about a, over a week since that incident since that time and I have a little bit of I don't know kind of a stuffed nose but uh, I don't really cough I don't really have a headache and I've been it's things have been really good and uh, I can't complain really Um, unfortunately for my wife (laughs) I feel really really bad for her because she was feeling like having a she felt like she had a sore throat before I ever had any ounce of feeling ill (laughs) and then it's just progressively gotten worse over the last week and a half and I kind of think she's doing a little bit better but I mean she was just coughing she's got a really thick mucusy whatever in her chest and I know what it's like and it's so annoying every time you breathe in you know you feel like you have this like sticky stuff in your lungs and and for me when that happens to me i i end up starting to cough and i cough hard and i cough so hard it like you know hurts my throat like i'm like rip open the skin in my throat and then i give myself a sore throat and then that makes me cough even more so she's got that she's been getting these little bloody noses and um she had a fever for a little bit and Luckily, she went to urgent care, but I mean, right now our our uh, kitchen counter is a drugstore. We have uh, Delsum and Dimatap, ibuprofen, I don't know, Dayquil, and then 
because she ended up going to urgent care, they gave her some of that promethazine, that sweet cough syrup that all the rappers like to drink. And apparently if she takes even the smallest dose, she passes out, which is like crazy. Because I, I, in my day, I actually drank like a half a bottle of that stuff and also taking Vicodin. And <laughs> yeah, that's the, that was back when uh, I was crazy. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. So it's it's kind of funny other people's sensitivity towards that kind of stuff but that she's got some stuff to rinse her mouth out and then they even gave her an albuterol inhaler just to help her breathe and so i'm glad though that finally she's getting better i don't know man it's kind of like the change of the seasons here this winter didn't seem to last that long and now it's it's starting to get warm again it's been in the 70s i mean just celebrated valentine's day and it was actually hot yesterday, even though it was 73. I mean, shit, it's going to be another 30 degrees warmer this summer. So I don't know why I'm complaining now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, not looking forward to the summer. That's for sure. But like I said, I, I think the, the uh, winter ended early this year in good old California, whereas where my dad is in uh, Illinois, hanging out at some truck stop is like, 17 degrees and snowing so it's crazy it's really weird to think <laughs> that uh the weather could be so different in in i mean we're not that far from the midwest it's not like the difference between california and china <laughs> or california and russia i mean this is it was only you know a few thousand miles away but apparently enough to make a difference and it's still winter in other parts of the the states so shit um i was able to watch one movie while i was sick last week and that was jurassic world big summer blockbuster hit that was uh knocked out of third place of the uh, highest grossing film of all time third highest grossing film of all time this summer, I never got to see, but it was knocked out of third place by Star Wars Force Awakens. But still, finally got a chance to sit down and watch Jurassic World. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't, I, how am I going to get too, I don't want to get too critical on this because it, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good movie. But you got to understand, this, the original Jurassic Park, when it came out in the, the early 90s, it was such a great movie. It was the only movie I can remember seeing in the theater like four, five, six times. Like it seemed like every time a family member came to town, we were like, let's go to the movies. Let's see Jurassic Park. So I saw that movie a lot as a kid. And I remember the you'd get these little trading cards. I don't know what they came. They must have came in something like McDonald's or Taco Bell. I'll have to look it up when I'm done with this podcast. But I had some of those original trading cards. And it was just, it was a thing, man, like Jurassic Park. I mean, that movie still holds up. You could watch it today, and it's still good. It doesn't feel dated. The CGI, it was some of the early CGI, and it looked awesome. And, and in my opinion, CGI in the original Jurassic Park looks better than any of the sequels, even this new one. Like, it's just, I think they did it right, you know, they... they it was the it was in it was dark they used rain trees and uh practical effects um stan winston created creatures they mixed the big rubber 
dinosaur with the CGI. And they, they just made what I think is one of the most perfect family action adventures ever, ever made for a, for a film. Then I remember seeing the sequel, The Lost World, in like 96. And of course, by that time, Star Wars had, or Star Wars, <laughs> Jurassic Park had, had become a franchise. And, you know, they, it's kind of like the, what happens with almost any movie like Batman or Men in Black or, um, shit, I don't know, uh, franchises. Like sometimes the first one comes out of nowhere and it's like, oh, wow, that was a really great one. And then by the time the second one comes out, it's like, let's merchandise this shit. Let's get our Happy Meal toys. Let's get our our Walmart towels. And, and <laughs> I don't know, like it, like it's everywhere. And, and The Lost World was no exception. Like that's, that second movie, like there's shit everywhere for that movie. Lots of merchandise tie-in. And... I enjoyed it, but it was definitely a different film. It wasn't a big action adventure. It was almost like a little bit more military with the way that the the company in the film, in the story, kind of takes over this second island. But I have good memories of it, and I think i got to watch it again sometime because I do have the Jurassic Park trilogy on DVD. Then the third one, by the time the third one came out, I don't think anybody really cared about it. it. It came out at a time when... That just wasn't what people were wanting to see, and it's not really a great movie either. So, finally, this Jurassic World, it had been hyped up for a long time. I'd followed all the news on, you know, comingsoon.net, one of my favorite websites for movie stuff, and checking out all the promo images and behind-the-scenes pics and uh, the websites and that kind of thing. And I was really excited for this movie, and I just never ended up seeing it during the summer. I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't happen. I did see Mad Max, but no no Jurassic World. So I finally got a chance to, to watch this, and it was good for sure, but in no way will I ever think that it measures up to the original, and I don't think you can, but it's just the fact that we're in the 21st century, we're... 2000 this came out in 2015 that is like 22 23 years after the original and it's just i don't know man it's, it was too digital it was too you know the dinosaurs they look fake <laughs> and i mean there's no such thing as a real dinosaur so how are you going to make a dinosaur look real but just the computer stuff and uh, the story was cool. It was all right. They 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 paid tribute to the original with a lot of a lot of throwbacks and even a, a character that was in the original. But uh, all in all, it was kind of just a, a dumb action adventure movie that I had. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of heart in it. I don't think it was. It was very well made. Um, there was a lot of cool fight scenes, but man, dinosaurs were dying left and right. It was crazy. <laughs> um, but all in all, I, I think it's definitely worth a watch if you're a fan of the original. But it just, I don't know, quietly reminds me of how stupid <laughs> uh, a lot of people who enjoy movies are. And and I mean, I, 
I don't want to sound like some cynical 30-year-old bastard, but I like to get a little bit more intelligence out of my movies. So, moving on, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and we watched uh, an awesome movie, (laughs) which was very dumb, but dumb in a good way, and that was Deadpool, starring Ryan Reynolds. Came out this past weekend, made like $135 million, definitely surpassed all expectations at the box office, and uh, it was a rough road for this this movie and this character. So go back to 2008, 7, 8, or 9, one of the three years, maybe even 2010, and uh, there was a movie called X-Men Origins Wolverine. came out right after the third X-Men movie. And so I was talking about the beginning of Wolverine and who he was, who he came from, his brother Sabretooth, and then this whole how he gets the uh, uh, the power. Well, he always had his powers, but then the military, they put all this metal stuff around his bones, and he has these claws, and he becomes this weapon. So there's a character in there played by Ryan Reynolds named Deadpool based on a comic book character of the same name, but he didn't look anything like the character from the comics. (laughs) He looked really weird. And he came back, he came back at the end of the movie, all mutated and I don't know, but a lot of people hated that movie. And a lot of people hated Fox's um, treatment of the character. And they, they felt like the character needed more justice on screen and my complaint about Fox because I've said this on uh, other podcasts but Fox owns the movie rights to the X-Men and a lot of characters related to the X-Men Fantastic Four and uh, yeah that's about it (laughs) just those kind of characters and for some reason back in 2000 you know post Matrix they didn't want to give superheroes these big colorful outfits that they have on the pages they give them these dark leather outfits kind of like the matrix kind of like neo so you know the first uh eight or nine years of fox (laughs) making these kind of movies uh these comic book movies they they just change everything up and and to this day (laughs) they're still having an issue trying to capture the spirit and the essence of uh, the characters on uh, in the comic books so Deadpool was no exception, and a lot of people love Ryan Reynolds and thought he would have made a great Deadpool, but this was not the Deadpool that they wanted. So years later, you know, he did a, a Green Lantern movie for DC, rival of Marvel Comics, and it was a big bomb. I want to say, and this is off the top of my head, I have no, no nothing in front of me to prove it, but I believe it was like a $300 million movie something like that and it was just terrible (laughs) and I still haven't seen it to this day and I bet I would probably enjoy it a little bit but it was not what people wanted and eventually he wanted to make a real Deadpool movie he didn't want the Deadpool from that X-Men Origins Wolverine movie to be the only Deadpool that people remember on screen so he worked with writers and producers and, and securing the rights trying to get this thing together and right when it looked like it was about to happen nothing like Fox or or whoever pulled the plug and were like we're not making this movie so then about two years ago some footage pops online 
and it is uh like it's leaked basically it's some studio test footage like deadpool test footage and it got so many hits and so many likes and comments on youtube and shared everywhere on social media that it just generated this buzz and then all of a sudden the deadpool movie was back on and they found a director and they found uh everything that they needed they got the story together fox let it go and that was it man they filmed this movie and everything that they've done with this movie has been so right and and better than the marketing in general has been so much better than any of the the comic book movies i've ever seen this is probably the best marketing ever <laughs> i mean because they didn't do your typical you know, movie the the movie posters are so lame where they show just some scene from the movie or they show your big hero up in the middle of the poster. I mean, a lot of these billboards and posters, they were clever, they were funny, they were different. The the commercials were different. They just took a, a an extreme uh extremely different route as far as promoting this film and and it worked out to their benefit because everybody went to see it i mean this was valentine's day weekend there's a lot there's like five or six movies out there and this was the number one film that everybody wanted to see this is a rated r violent funny superhero but not superhero comedy crude crass i mean and we were going to go to the uh, 12.50 show. We got there about 12.30, maybe 12.40. And there, the guy was like, well, you know, it's getting filled up pretty quickly. If you can't find any tickets, uh, just come back out here. We'll exchange them for the other ones. So we go into the theater, and it, it's not full to, compa- to compa- capacity, but there wasn't... I couldn't find like two seats next to each other. Like it, there was always like, you know how couples are (laughs) like you take two seats and then you put a seat in the middle. And I mean, if everybody was nice and polite, people would sit two to two to two, but that's not how the world works. And that's not how I work either. I mean, I don't want to do that either, especially if I get in the theater early, I kind of want my space, but I uh, didn't see any, uh, uh, unless I wanted to sit in the first two rows, and that wouldn't have been comfortable whatsoever. So, went back outside, exchanged for the 120 show, and there was already a line inside the theater for the 120. And obviously, a lot of people were going to go to this movie. So, we got in line, got our soda, our popcorn, went in there watch the movie we got a seat right i got the perfect seat man like we were right in the middle of uh the middle row like it was i don't know how much how better it could get and i just got to say i'm not gonna i can't spoil this movie for you um but it was awesome man like it was it was like i said it was funny it was it was crude it was violent and it was unlike any comic book movie i've seen like everything they did right and it just at the end of the movie you just you felt good you didn't feel like you wasted your time you didn't feel like they did anything wrong (laughs) and as an x-men fan there was a lot of x-men references there was 
uh, even a character from the X-Men that had been kind of forgot about since, you know, X2. <laughs> and it just, it was it was perfect blend of uh, an origin story and kind of a love story mixed with lots of action. So, all in all, man, I, I gotta say this Deadpool movie was two thumbs up for me. It makes me like the character even more. It makes me like Ryan Reynolds even more. And they just, I'm so happy for them. And I'm happy to see where movies are going to be going. Uh, Those particular types of movies are going to be going moving forward. Because, you know, I like I said, I love the X-Men. But I always have felt like they just haven't, they haven't captured the essence not like the animated series from the 90s. They just, they try, and they've done a really good job. And I'm going to see this X-Men Apocalypse movie, which is coming out in a few months. But the I think moving forward, like, the, since Deadpool is so much like the guy on the page, that we're going to start seeing more movies like that. And the fact that it's a rated R movie, I think it's like, maybe the highest grossing rated R film of all time or something like that. I know it's like highest Valentine's day opening, highest non summer opening something. There's just a lot of, it's breaking a lot of records and, uh, they definitely, yeah, I can't wait. And then they're already teasing a second Deadpool. There's a little scene after the credits talking about one of my favorite characters from cartoon and comics guy by by the name of cable and he's going to be in the second one and i'm good to go man to see cable on the big screen that's just like my childhood come to life man because that was one of those characters that totally captured a little boy's imagination like forget the fact that you're a mutant and you have mutant powers let's throw in time travel uh of a guy that comes from the way distant future like holy shit (laughs) like i always when it comes to time travel and shit i always wanted to know what the future was going to be like like the past is cool man like going back into the past dinosaur age or back to the future three with the whole western thing but seeing like crazy sci-fi dystopia like that's (laughs) yeah that's definitely like i said captured my imagination and and moving forward so all in all i gotta say i recommend this movie highly i think a lot of people are gonna like it don't take your kids to see it unless you have a really cool kid and then again they would for me they would have to be at least like 11 or 12 but i don't know i watched all sorts of movies that i shouldn't have saw as a kid and uh, i turned out all right i mean come on i still remember jamie lee curtis dancing in her underwear and in true lies <laughs> as a little kid but uh, I, I couldn't watch things like I don't know the Simpsons or Beavis and Butthead because they were bad role models for me <laughs> oh geez so yeah Deadpool that's it and uh, then we went to Chicago Fire got some good deep dish pizza then went to Cold Stone I had some birthday cake and we'll see if uh I'm enjoying my President's Day right now. Thanks, Obama, <laughs> or thanks, whoever. Um, see if I make it back to the gym tomorrow. I don't know. It's been a month so far. I mean, I've been sick. My wife's been sick. 
Just a lot of shit's been going on lately. I'm ready to go back to the gym. Um, <laughs> ready to tighten this body back up, lose a little bit of weight. Not like I really need it. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't complain that much because I'm just, I got an average sized body, you know. I'm sure there's a million other guys out there that are, you know, super ripped or skinny or whatever. But the majority of guys that I see that I know, they got bigger, bigger beer bellies than me. So, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm above <laughs> average. I don't have that much weight to lose, and uh, I'm gonna try hard. I'm gonna try get back to my cardio. Maybe get in the 170s again. I'm probably. 190 something maybe close to 200 i don't know it's hard to tell i mean most of my weight's right there in my belly <laughs> but um i'm not super depressed about it i'm very very positive i know that when you're 30 it gets harder and harder to maintain your figure unless you eat super healthy right now i eat lots of pizza and nachos and <laughs> sweets and it's gonna take take some mental control I have a, a backyard that really needs to be mowed. And I think finally, shit, I don't know. I don't know if I got time to do it. Because I hear on Wednesday and Thursday it's going to start uh, start raining. So I don't know. That's, the grass is getting very tall and it really needs to be done. I just, I don't know if I have time. I know today we got to go grocery shopping and do a bunch of laundry and all that fun adult stuff. Money's good though. Um, we got our taxes back. We got about $4,000 in our savings account. That's awesome, man. Like everything, even though we were kind of sick, like I'm feeling really good about life and, and getting some sun in this bedroom here. The pod cave needs to be reorganized a little bit. We need to catch up on, a, on some more reading. But uh, the fact that uh, I'm able to do this podcast is good. The fact that I captured all those all that footage from uh from jk's uh tapes that was that's a big accomplishment for me got lots of movies to watch just watched the season premiere of walking dead uh like season six i guess part two and yeah it was a good one man it was super intense and better call saul oh shit i just remember better call saul's back too i might have to watch that today oh my god been playing lots of GTA 5, and I, that game is so fun. There's so much you can do. Parachuting, hunting, crime, <laughs> stealing cars, hanging out with prostitutes, going to the strip club, betting on stocks, doing triathlons, it's, it's living a virtual life. And I just put my third film out there. So I put one out last week called Monkey Business, and it was all right. Like, it wasn't... It didn't. It wasn't as good as the the first one I did, but this third one that I just put online at my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Stephen Gedney. Oh man, that this one was one of my best. It was like almost eleven minutes. Contains some music from Creedence Clearwater Revival and Kenny Loggins. It's a story about a biker from the fictional motorcycle gang, the Lost. And uh, it's pretty cool, man. Like in the in the little cartoon movie, he he knocks some guy off of his bike and shoots some people, and and he's just very much an asshole. And <laughs> I love it, man. It's it's 
it's actually good practice for me too on figuring out how to set up camera shots and stuff even though it's in a game like it's it's so versatile and um it's fun it's fun and it's another creative outlet for me and who knows i'm I'm kicking around ideas for music in the future and bringing back some old music and lots of that so either way i just let's end this end this podcast on a on a good note here so follow me at Stephen mj gedney on twitter and instagram uh, my music is at ruralsuburban.bandcamp.com, youtube.com slash Stephen Gedney. Anything else to plug? I don't know, man. Um, once again, thanks for listening. Glad to be back and talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.